You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Today on the ZabeCast 10 Cut Tuesday, just me and you with the hottest topics of the day. Well, some are hot. New record, who dis? Commissioners don't like being criticized by somebody on the payroll. Big Ben's final game in Pittsburgh and his place in the Pantheon. All that plus worst parent ever at the zoo and the global elite wrap up the Jizmax thing with no loose strings. Your 30-minute uncensored Zabe Express is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Tuesday, January 4th. 2022 thank you for downloading let's get to it it's a 10 cut tuesday just me and 10 juicy topics to run you through to start your sports podcast day cut number one the death of records in the nfl or at least single season records With now the 17th game coming into play, all the records that we've had since 1978, which is when the NFL went to 16 games from 14 games, all those are going to be rendered not necessarily obsolete because there's a number of records, as I looked them up, that won't even be broken with this extra game. That said, we're talking 40-plus years. That's two full generations of records that we've been able to kind of hold up there and say, wow, I wonder if anyone can break this one, wonder if anyone can break that one. And I went looking because I was sort of misguided in some of my remembrances of what records actually still stood. Obviously, the game has evolved to the point where passing, 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 and more passing has been the coin of the realm, and you cannot touch or even look at quarterbacks anymore so it's made guys like Rodgers and Brady be able to play and Breeze be able to play deeper into their natural lifespan than otherwise they would have but the season marks that I think are notable are rushing attempts rushing yards passing yards passing touchdowns also receiving yards receiving or receptions And then there's some other ones on defense and special teams that are interesting. The sack record, of course, is still held by Michael Strahan with 22.5, including the gimme sack that one Brett Favre gave him on that final week. Now, the single-season sack record is interesting because T.J. Watt just went crazy on Monday Night Football. Four sacks could have been six He came close on at least a couple others. He now has 21 and a half sacks in a 16-game stretch of the season. However, he's only played in 12. When he was made the highest-paid defensive player in the offseason, I don't think anyone raised much of a fuss. And man, is he paying dividends. Think about this. Of the top 10 or top 
four sack seasons in the NFL uh, since 2008. First of all, T.J. Watt's been at the top of the list. 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. And of the most sacks ever in a single season, T.J. and J.J. have three of the four top spots. That is pretty sick right there. Maybe next year, if he stays healthy, he'll break the 22 and a half in the span of 16 games during the season. But let's go through some of the records, and I'll make some comments as we go. First of all, the overall single-season touchdown scoring mark is LaDainian Tomlinson with 31 in 2006. I mean, gone are the days in which LaDainian Tomlinson or Larry Johnson could single-handedly win your fantasy league. Those days are long gone. Rushing attempts, single-season record. Uh, Larry Johnson, 416 in 2006. Rushing touchdowns. That was LaDainian Tomlinson, that 31 touchdown, total touchdown year in 06. He had 28 on the ground. Of course, the big one is the rushing yards in a single season held by Eric Dickerson in 1984, 2,106 yards. Adrian Peterson came up eight yards short in 2012. Passing, passer rating for minimum qualifiers, Aaron Rodgers in 2011, 122.5. Completion percentage, Drew Brees in 2018 at 74.4%. Passing attempts, Matt Stafford in 2012, 727. Passing yards, Peyton Manning, in 2013 with 5,477. Passing touchdowns, same year, Manning, 55. Interceptions. Interceptions thrown. George Blanda in 1963 threw 42 picks. <laughs> Whoops. All George is throwing it to another team again. Ah, go easy on him. He is an old coot. The most times sacked, single season, David Carr, 2002, went down 76 times. That is unthinkable. He was sacked 76 times. How many times do you think he was hit in addition to that? Receiving, receiving yards. Calvin Johnson still holds the record, 2012, 1,964. And Cooper Cup. Uh, actually, Cooper Cup is closing in, I think, on the yardage and maybe the reception number, but it's not, you know, in 16 games. Receptions, Michael Thomas, 149 in 2019. Receiving touchdowns, 23 by Randy Moss in 07. Now to defense. Single-season interceptions. This one you'll never get. 14 in a single season by Dick Knight Train Lane in 1954. Solo tackles, 214 by Hardy Nickerson in 1993. Sacks, of course, I mentioned the Strahan number, 22 and a half in 2001. Special teams, punt return touchdowns, single season. Four is the record. It's held by four guys. 
most recently by Patrick Peterson and Devin Hester, of course, the great Devin Hester. Combined kick and punt returns, Devin Hester has six. Kick return touchdowns in a single season, four is the number by two guys you've never heard of, Travis Williams and Cecil Turner in 1967 and 1970. Oldest records. Most of them are Tom Brady. I won't even mention them. However, here's one to think about. What is the youngest, oldest record? The youngest, oldest record that I saw was 33 years old. And it was for kickoff touchdown. And it was recorded by Johnny Blood in 1937. Is there, could there be a better name for a football player than Johnny Blood. Some of the more unbreakable records still out there. Derek Thomas had seven sacks in one game. May he rest in peace. How about most safeties recorded in a single season? The record is two. (laughs) By 18 different guys, most recently by Junior Gallette in 2014. For a career, George Blanda played 26 seasons. Brady might break that. Tampa Bay lost 26 straight games as a team. That's probably not going to be broken. Favre, of course, played in 297 straight games. That will never be broken in my lifetime, at least. And Flipper Anderson still holds the single game receiving mark at 336 yards. And I'm quite frankly surprised that has not been eclipsed yet. But these records... There's not many that are really held up there as the great white whale, except for perhaps the single-season rushing record, but nobody's even trying for that now. The NFL doesn't run the ball enough for that now. Cooper Cup said that they need to make a separate set of records for this 17-game season. I say it's a waste of time because this 17-game era is going to be here and gone before you know it. You know the march to 18 games is inevitable cut number two big ben's home finale i'm watching it right now as we speak and big ben to me is an interesting player in the national conversation because i don't think he gets nearly the love from the media that he otherwise should now a lot of that is because well He made his own bed. Big Ben 1.0 was an unrepentant asshole and a possible rapist. Possible. Never charged, never arrested, but the details of that night in Georgia with that college-aged reveler were enough to make people go, whoa. And then, of course, there was the deal with, you know, the woman at the hotel out in Reno. So Big Ben 1.0 was pretty much an arrogant dick. And the suspension by Roger Goodell, which I thought was heavy-handed and unfair, but it was part of this new lay-down-the-law culture in the NFL, changed Big Ben to the point where he did settle down, where he did realize, hey, I can't be such a fucknut. Now, In the intervening years, of course, there's always this perception that Big Ben played up the drama of his injuries. And while that may be true to a certain extent, holy cow, did this guy play through an unbelievable 
litany of injuries. 18 years, one team, two Super Bowl rings. That's incredible. And the third Super Bowl ring he could have had, except he went up against a Packer team that was on a mission, and Aaron Rodgers, who is playing lights out. Big Ben, incredible comeback artist. Hell of a quarterback. I think of the modern quarterbacks. Manning, Brady, and Rodgers are top shelf. They're what I call the total masters of the position. The next shelf involves Breeze, Favre, and Big Ben. I call them the long dominators because they played a long time and dominated. Then the next shelf would be Rivers, Stafford, Eli Manning, Matt Ryan. I call them the accumulators. And then Elway and, the, and Marino were the romantics. Those are your top 12 in the all-time passing ranks in the NFL. And that's how I would sort them out. But after this season is over and Big Ben hangs them up, the Steelers and Steeler fans like my boy Jay, who at times has rolled his eyes at Big Ben, will get to go take the long walk in the woods looking for the next 18-year solution at the position. All I can say is good luck. Cut three. Hey, get off the fucking field. You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Where's Ralph? He's over there, hogging the hell of a good dip for his big game ritual. Oh, boy. Hey, Ralph, can we get some of that, too? Yeah, yeah, soon. Almost done. First the carrot, two taps and dip. Then the celery. Ah, yes, now the chips. All dipped in creamy, hell of a good dip. Mmm, delicious. Yes, it worked! Get the dip made with real milk and cream that wins every time. Not just good, hell of a good. Reports are coming in from the Eagle fans who crashed through that railing, nearly severely injuring both Jalen Hurts and a photographer who were sitting, uh, who was sitting crouched underneath the railing as Hurts came by. And according to those Eagle fans that fell to the ground, the staffers at FedEx Field were not exactly the most helpful, sympathetic, or kind. They basically said, Get off the fucking field. Not, do you need medical attention? Is everything okay? One guy, I was watching a replay of it. He went face first. And his neck snapped back. And Jalen Hurts ducked out of the way at just the right moment. Can you imagine if Jalen Hurts had been seriously injured, season lost because the railing collapsed? And afterwards, somebody showed a picture of the railing. It had been zipped tied back into place. Like I said yesterday with Andy, this follows a couple of games in which pipes burst and drenched people at FedEx Field. 
What a shit show of a season and what a dump that place is. Hey, you, get off the field. Cut four. Attention, nerds. George R.R. Martin, the creator of Game of Thrones, has seen the first cut of the House of the Dragon, which is the prequel to the legendary HBO series. He's not involved in creating or writing it, but he says he likes it. Quote, it's dark, it's powerful, it's visceral, just the way I like my epic fantasy. The Targaryens are in, a very, are in very good hands. Anticipate away, he says. I do not think you will be disappointed. Nerds! Cut five. Thin skin commissioners. Ken Rosenthal, widely respected baseball reporter, journalist, TV personality, and yes, columnist, has been let go by the MLB network. Most people believe because he was too harsh on Commissioner Rob Manfred during the summer of 2020 when the entire pandemic season hung in the balance. Rosenthal reports can confirm MLB Network has decided not to bring me back. I'm grateful for the more than 12 years spent there. My enduring friendships with on-air personalities, producers, and staff always strove to maintain my journalistic integrity and my work ethic reflects that. Look, guys like Rosenthal are really good. And the leagues that have their own channels, generally speaking, they don't care about really good. They just care about protecting their message, and protecting their brand. And that's it. Rosenthal was right to criticize Manfred, and I don't even know what his specific criticisms were. He is, by all regards, the worst commissioner in all of major pro sports because he has no feel for the game and has no ability to get these owners marching in some semblance of a straight line. Basically, Manfred is making Bud Selig Look like Kennesaw Mountain Landis by comparison. Cut six. Oh, Jizmax, my beloved Jizmax. Jizlaine Maxwell sentenced, not sentenced, but uh, found guilty on multiple counts of underage sexual trafficking, human trafficking, sexual trafficking, whatever you want to call it in a trial that was really an unbelievable tidying up of all the loose ends of so many powerful people. It's rather breathtaking how her diary's been sealed. She named no names. None of the men involved were called to testify. And it's like she's going down with this on her own. There's speculation that she was told privately, look, if you want to try to go ahead and light the house on fire, you're going to die in a worse way than Jeffrey Epstein. So why don't you go ahead and do the right thing, put up a tepid defense, take the guilty verdict, and we'll work on getting you out of here in not too long of a time, and you can go disappear somewhere in the world and live out the rest of your life. Either that or you can get shanked in prison. But you look at how tidily 
at how quickly this thing got wrapped up, folded up, put away, very little media attention whatsoever. It's breathtaking. And the beat goes on. Never underestimate the powerful, the global elites. Cut seven. Worst parent ever? I'd say so. A video just went viral of a little toddler at a zoo sitting next to a plate glass wall, reinforced plate glass wall, which has a lion exhibit. The toddler is dressed in a black and white striped hoodie. And the lioness comes over right to the glass and starts to paw frantically at the glass and opens its jaw to try to put it around the toddler's head. The Twitter account of the Sun newspaper (laughs) tweeted, Lioness is eager to play with toddler who looks like a zebra. Oh, yeah, no, no, that's not play. Uh, That lion wants to eat that little baby who looks like a zebra. Oh, my God. This is nightmare fuel. And while you may trust the strength and the durability of that glass partition, who even wants to see and think about the visual of the toddler right there inches from the frantic lion going, "Mm, that looks like a tasty toddler. I want some. Worst parent I've ever seen. Cut eight. Bro, you're trying way too hard. Sports Illustrated has a story about Craig Jennings, former Packer wide receiver who uh, apparently is on the outs with Aaron Rodgers, or at least, at least he says so. I don't know if Rodgers really cares. Jennings, once he went to the Vikings, began this campaign to sort of badmouth Aaron Rodgers and to downplay their former relationship on a Super Bowl winning team to the point where many of us were like, okay, dude, what are you doing here? Like, how is this going to help you or anyone else? So you had some problems. We'll call them up and resolve it. Now Jennings tells Sports Illustrated, quote, we don't text, we don't communicate, we haven't had an official sit-down, like bring it all in for a hug since I left Green Bay. Well, yeah, because you haven't kept Rodgers out of your mouth and you've been talking shit for the 10 years in between. And now what, you're mad that he won't be your buddy? Yeah, that's not how it works there, Greg. You made your bed, now lie in it. Cut nine. Would this be unethical? Think about this. If the Raiders and Chargers tie, and if the Colts lose to the Jaguars, which won't happen, then literally there'd be no motivation for the Raiders and Chargers to play the game because they would both be in. Can you imagine? I mean, first of all, the Jaguars stink on ice. The Colts are going to beat them senseless on Sunday. But imagine lightning strikes, Jaguars win, and the Raiders and Chargers both go, hey, you want to be in? I'll be in. You be in? Okay, sure. (laughs) Oh, my God, it's the 15th straight drive now. The Chargers have just taken three knees, and they've punted. This is outrageous. A zero-zero tie. Unless... 
one team reneged on the deal without telling the other team. Like, let's say the Raiders get it last, and it was like, all right, we're kneeling down here. No, trick play! Flea flicker! We win! We're in! You're out! Screw you! I think 0-0 is a scoregami. I'd have to check scoregami.com, but I'm pretty sure. And finally, cut number 10. Antonio Brown is alive. I don't know if he's well, but he's technically still a Buccaneer. Apparently, the Buccaneers are consulting with the league about the best way to go about ridding themselves of this player without having to pay one penny more than they are legally obligated. So as of Monday night, he was still a Buccaneer. But here's what's interesting is that I'm not even sure that taking off your shirt, leaving the game in the middle of the game itself, and then just hightailing it out of there, I don't think that's something that automatically voids your contract. I think that's problematic. I think you may want to cut the guy, but in terms of getting out of the money you may still owe him, probably should check with lawyers on that. But hey, here's Antonio Brown filming a cameo video with his head leaning outside the window of his car or Uber or cab in New York City where he was spotted at the Brooklyn Nets game on Monday nights. I know you sad about Ben Roethlisberger retiring, but it's not over for Ben yet. I know everyone's wondering is it his last game in Pittsburgh tonight and would it end like this? But it may not end like this. I know Ben, he's a competitor. He loved to play football, one of the greatest quarterbacks all time. And I just don't see him hanging it up. So, Patrick, you and all other Steelers fans who are looking to think Big Ben is playing his last game in Huntsville, I wouldn't tip my hat on that yet. I wouldn't bet on that yet because Big Ben has a lot of football yet left. And he didn't say that his career was over. He didn't say that it was his last game in Huntsville. So we can't speculate and recollate upon him not playing anymore. So let's be positive. Let's cheer him on. Let's wish for one of his best games tonight. And let's keep Bennis booming. Patrick, I know you're a huge Steelers fan and you love Pittsburgh and you love football. So let's keep Ben Ben in our warm prayers and hopes and wish him luck tonight. Booming. <laughs> speculate. And recollate. I actually kind of like recollate as a word. I'm not going to be too harsh on that. Wow, hard to believe that guy is making poor life decisions. But remember, we're in a race now. Those of us in the media and on social media, we're in a race to claim the highest of high ground when it comes to virtue signaling about our concern and care for Antonio Bryan. I just want him to get the help that he needs. Okay, whatever. All right, that is a wrap for a Tuesday. Thank you very much for downloading. For being a regular listener to the Zabecast, please tell a friend or two, hey, this is a quality product. You get in, you get out, you get some good opinions, thoughts, interesting angles on things, and it doesn't cost anything Monday through Thursday. Fridays, sure, if you want to show your true devotion, be a subscriber and be a one percenter and sign up for five bucks a month. Otherwise, thank you for listening. Have a great Tuesday, and we will see you next time.